Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're back in the archive checking out this episode. I wanted to give you a heads up that while the episode you're about to hear may be a little bit older, we still stand behind all of our advice and actionable takeaways. However, we may mention resources that are no longer available. The best way to get our up-to-date resources is going to feelgoodretail.com slash podcast and checking out what we have there. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Retail for the Rest of Us, a podcast for indie retailers, makers, and shop owners who want to do business differently. I'm your host, Janine Malone, retail expert, small business cheerleader, and the founder of Feel Good Retail. On this show, you'll hear insights, strategies, and ideas on how to sustain and scale your shop without sacrificing your sanity. Each week, you'll hear from me and the occasional guest expert in what I hope feels more like a voice note from your retail BFF than a business podcast. Additional goodies and support can be found in our show notes and at feelgoodretail.com. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Retail for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Janine Malone, and I am already reflecting on 2022. (laughs) I am just ready to fast forward through December. And honestly, once like December 1st hits and we're past Thanksgiving and the big sales weekend and my inbox is fully recovered, I really do just immediately sink into that reflective space and start thinking about the year and what I've accomplished. I really like to try and do that before I set my sights on new goals and new ambitions, because that's easy for me. (laughs) It's easy for me to be striving. It is not always easy for me to be celebrating and being appreciative and noticing how far I've come in 12 months, even though when I sit down and think about it, I really have. So I know that you indie retailers are not likely to have started this process yet. It is a little bit weird for me because for years and years, I was on sales floors, I was in full-blown retail roles, and December was crazy. And when I started this business, it was really strange for me to realize that actually now all of my clients are in it, right? They're in it, applying all the things we've talked about and learned and done for the past 11 months. And December is really like go time. So for me, it actually ends up being kind of quiet, which is strange that like, I don't know what to do with my hands kind of feeling. And so I don't want to be too navel gazy today. I don't want to bring a sense of finality to the year yet because it is not over. And these thoughts are not fully formed. But some of the things that have been coming up for me as I've been reflecting, I thought could maybe be useful for you in this last final push of the year and also to think about how these lessons can apply to 2023 or I don't know, what feels relevant to you, what you disagree with, all that jazz. So today I wanted to start by sharing three things I learned this year, or maybe not even three things I learned, (laughs) three things that were cemented for me this year. I feel like intellectually, I've understood 
the things we're going to talk about today. But this year, it really became clear that there's no way around them. (laughs) They are fundamentally true for me and in my business. And I've heard reflected um, for a lot of small business owners as well. So the first, and this is the one that drags me, I'm not going to lie, I'm starting with what feels like the hardest one for me, is you don't need more ideas, you need follow through. (laughs) You gotta take that beautiful idea out of your brain and make it a thing. Do it. (laughs) Make the plan. Execute on it. Put it out into the world. Be excited about it. Get behind it. I spend a lot of time in my head spinning my wheels. Um, And as we talked about on last week's episode, I also find that it's easier for me to check quick projects off my to-do list, right? Send an email, solve this problem, um, write this content, et cetera. But when it comes to things that are really important to me and also that may have a longer lead time or maybe different from the tasks that I normally do. The problem isn't even usually product market fit. It's not really a question of like, should I? It's just that I don't make the time to do the thing. And then I just come up with new ideas that then I don't execute on and around and around and around we go until I realize, huh, I've thought about a lot this year, but I don't know that I've put it out into the world. I haven't given myself permission to clear my calendar, have a planning day, hold myself accountable to some of these like really exciting creative projects that I want to put out. I'm trying to apply this lesson in December as we do have some time left. And hopefully you will see the buds of that work soon. But from having the idea to then sitting down and putting pen to paper and really brainstorming, to then actually putting a project plan together, a deadline, um, a list of tasks that fall under this idea, um, all the pieces that need to come together, to then executing and launching and analyzing. That's a lot of time. It's not a single to-do list item. And when something is not a single to-do list item, I struggle. So this is a really big one for me. Like this is a lesson I really feel like I'm trying to hold close to my heart going into 2023 because I really want to challenge myself to put my creative ideas out there. And honestly, all three of these lessons have to do with creativity and putting your work out there, putting your unique, special, nuanced vision into action and making it a part of your business, making it your business to do that. And so this one's really critical for me. Like I said, it is extremely challenging (laughs) because it requires making time. It requires being accountable to myself. It requires different speeds and paces and seasons and phases that don't always fit with what I perceive the idea of work looking like. But at the end of the day, I have plenty of ideas, chock full of them. I'm an idea machine. If you've ever had a phone call with me, I've probably given you a hundred ideas that you didn't need that we weren't even talking about because I just love thinking about business. But as much as I love thinking about business, 
I need to love doing business too. (laughs) What a summary. So if you're like me and you're someone who's always thinking creatively and thinking about new things to launch or new, you know, topics to talk about or new event ideas or collaborations or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I highly recommend thinking about what feels really exciting to you right now, or maybe like your first project of the new year and being really honest with yourself about how much time that's going to take and blocking it on your calendar. You don't even have to do the first step of like brainstorming yet. Just like block the time to do it like a holding cell for yourself. I am doing that actually, I was doing that right before I started recording because I want to start batching some of these episodes so that they have a really cohesive, nice theme for one of the ideas I'm working on in 2023. And so instead of having the idea and then sitting down and trying to like plan the whole thing this morning, I just put some time on my calendar next week. Think about this. This is the time and space. I'll probably get myself a fancy coffee. I'll probably take out all my colored markers and stickers and post-it notes, and I'll have myself a nice little time because I am going to follow through with some of these really cool ideas. So that's number one. Number two, follow the feedback. This is big. This was a big one this year because nurturing your customers in your community has never been more important. If you have been around Feel Good Retail for a while, you know that this is something I find absolutely critical to running a sustainable, feel-good indie retail business is that you are focusing on nurturing and nourishing your community. Meaning, once someone makes the first purchase, you're not just falling off the face of the planet, never talking to them again, hoping that they follow you on Instagram, sending a newsletter once in a blue moon, and then just like showing up in their inbox, like many of us realized how many um, email lists we've been subscribed to this whole time on this last sale weekend. I did a lot of unsubscribing, I'm not gonna lie, because I'm like, what? I haven't talked to you in a year. What's up? Um, So nurturing your customers is really important. And not only because I think it's a key element to creating a sustainable business, but because I think it helps you create more collaboratively with them. It helps you product test when you have conversations with your customers, with your clients, with the people who make your business possible. You can do this through asking direct questions, right? If you are sending out a survey or something like that, you can use really casual like Instagram polls Of course, if you have one-on-one conversations with your clients, whether that's casually in store or at pop-ups or at markets, or, you know, if you want to make it a little bit more formalized and do some VIP product calls, those can be really, really effective. But basically the point is instead of sticking around and just running circles in your head, can you guys tell that I'm just like in my head all the time? feels like my brain's going to explode because basically all three of these are like, get out of your head and do something. (laughs) Maybe that should be the title of the episode. Get out of your head and do something. Three things I learned in 2022. Amelia, my editor, is probably listening to this being like, that's not a bad title. Or she's like, that is a horrible title. Um, Anyways, you guys will see what it is. My point being, 
(laughs) That instead of trying to guess how they're feeling or what they're looking for or what they want, you can ask. Actually, people love to be asked their opinion. And I think with small businesses, your community of customers, your followers, your fans want to participate. That's like part of what makes being a part of indie retail community like so cool is that you feel like there really is a true relationship there. And relationships go two ways, right? So that is a superpower of yours to really be able to have these conversations, notice these trends. You're all super intuitive. You're all emotionally intelligent. And what you can do then is take what is conscious for your community and what's top of mind for them, add your unique magic and offer something really spectacular, right? That's an important part of product testing and product management in like the tech world is that you do these kind of user interviews, right? And I think that indie retailers can utilize that so much more frequently than they do. Another way to get feedback, and we'll definitely talk about this quite a bit in 2023, is to get really comfortable reading your numbers and analyzing what's going on inside of your business from a more quantitative lens, because the numbers don't lie. The numbers can give us options for what's happening. Like We don't always know exactly the reasoning behind certain things, but feedback in platforms like email or on your website or inside of your store that you have a bit more control over. This is a lot more tricky with anything that has an algorithm like, say, Instagram or TikTok, because of course your engagement is skewed based on that algorithm. But if you have access to your Google Analytics or the back end of your email service provider or you're being really conscientious about asking questions and having conversations in person and noticing what's selling the best, what subject lines are getting the most opens, what questions are you hearing over and over again, what products are people clicking on, on your site, where are they leaving, like that gives you information about what your community is looking for. They may not be telling you directly, but there's a way to use your analytics to become more intuitive, which I think is really cool and is definitely something I want to speak more about in 2023. But my point is, if you have questions, ask them. It's okay. You don't have to guess. You don't have to know everything. You didn't have to become a psychic when you opened your business. Although I'm sure you understand your customer's so well that sometimes it feels like you are, it's also okay. And honestly, like I said, I think they love it to feel considered and to feel really like you are creating with them in mind, so much so that you want their opinion. And lastly, the last way we're getting out of our heads and getting into action for 2023 is to remember that comparison is the death of creativity. At best, comparison can leave you at its like kindest, at its gentlest. Comparison will leave you feeling overwhelmed, not worthy, rudderless, uninspired, unmotivated. 
disheartened. <laughs> what other words can I use there? Um, and at its worst, you know, at its most intense, I think that being in this cycle of comparison really leads us to some pretty bad and lazy behavior. Acting without your best judgment, you know, like moving too quickly, doing what you think like a shrewd business person would do, which oftentimes means doing something that doesn't feel very good for someone you're in relationship with, copying other people's ideas or concepts, not being a good collaborator, not being a good or understanding, you know, shop owner, being really intense with your customers. I think that all of that can come from a place of like comparison and a comparison to me always feels like being in a place of scarcity. Like they have something I don't. And because they have it, I will never have it. And when you notice that happening, and I notice it happening a lot. I talked about this again on the last episode about importance versus urgency. What I find myself comparing myself to these days is not one particular person or one particular business. It's like all of the highlight reels of all of the people that I admire, you know, into this like one archetype of like incredible visionary prolific creator that I am not, that no one is. And it's done some of that for me, right? Like I've tried to mirror what I see other people doing and what looks like success for them. I've found myself rushing. I found myself spreading myself too thin. I found myself not offering like the most amazing customer service or client service to folks because I've been in a place of just like, I need more and I'm not doing enough. And that place is not a place where you can create from. It's not a place you can ideate from. It's not a place you can execute from. It's not a place you can be in right relationship with your customers from because it just doesn't, it blocks, it totally blocks your view. All you're seeing is this like, vision of what you think should happen or what you even think is happening for other businesses. And I say this to folks all the time, like what you think is happening in someone else's business is only part of the truth. I have worked with a lot of retailers, a lot of small business owners, like really in the back ends of their businesses. And it's always different than it looks online, right? Because they're not creating for you, right? They're not creating to like show off to other businesses. They're creating to create an environment that feels really good for their customers. And what feels bad for customers? Telling them all your problems. (laughs) You know, consumer confidence is a really important element to sales. And that's not to say you should withhold or like, be a secret keeper, but nobody wants to talk about their financial troubles on their business Instagram when what they're trying to sell is like stained glass pieces, right? Like we can be transparent and there are moments of honesty, but there are also just like things that are behind the scenes for the business itself that have no place in marketing, 
right? And so when we compare ourselves to someone else's marketing as opposed to someone else's business, which, you know, whatever, comparison we should probably try not to do at all, but it's just totally different. And I think that it really, really stifles what is not only exciting for us and illuminating for us and what gives us like that vibrancy and that like thrill to make, but it also means that what makes all of our businesses different and special and our own gets lost because all of a sudden we're all kind of trying to follow this same pattern, this same like roadmap, this same rubric for success. And I just, I think when we're doing that, we're just not able to be ourselves. And that's really hard. This is a hard one for me too. (laughs) They're all hard for me, if I'm being honest. So at the risk of sounding like totally corny, try to stand in your power. Try to stand in your own unique vision because only you can do what you set out to do. And comparison is just going to get in the way of that. So those are my lessons so far. I'm definitely starting to try my very best to apply them for the rest of 2022 and definitely taking them with me to 2023. More follow through, more feedback, less comparison. It's going to allow us to be really creative and it's going to allow us to be even more in action and embodied in our businesses. And I think that that is something that we're all looking for to make our businesses feel good. So until next time, thanks for being here. Thanks for being in business. Cheers to feeling good. Thanks for listening to Retail for the Rest of Us. Find additional information and resources related to this episode in the show notes or on our website, feelgoodretail.com. This show was lovingly produced and edited by Softer Sounds, a feminist podcast studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to text it to your business bestie, share it on social media, and leave us a rating or review. It really helps the show grow organically, and we love making new friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in business. And cheers to feeling good.